0: hello and welcome to the igen uk podcast a very ill sounding podcast this week because we're pretty much all ill you've joined us today I mean if you're in for a treat if you like listening to three bunged up boys then have I got a treat for you because with me this week Jesse gomez hello <laughs> you, you sound good who sounds worse I don't know Matt how are you sounding um Not particularly
1: great (laughs) uh, Do you know what You you sound a lot better than you did a few days ago Well yeah a few days ago I literally couldn't Do the VO for a massive Six page script that I have Been slaving away on So it's not my voice on this labour of love That I made Oh, no. Yeah, I had that with a video that went out yesterday that probably
0: could have done with a couple of pickups, but my voice would have sounded like a different person if I'd done the (laughs) pickups to when I originally recorded that video. So I just left it. Um, Matt, I know me and you are particularly buoyant this week because Monkey Island's back.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so. I've I've reinstalled. It's not in the running order, but I thought we'd mention it. Yeah, I've reinstalled the original games. I'm gonna gonna replay them through over the next couple of mm-hmm. weeks. I'm I'm so stoked. That's my plan too. Yeah, I I
0: hovered over the Steam page today. I was like, I'm gonna download those tonight, and I'm gonna get stuck in because I like the first one. I kind of I know that one off by heart. I think I could do that pretty much without looking anything up. Two though, I am a bit rusty on, so I feel like uh, that I'm could be a bit of a
1: challenge. I know really? two oh. really really well because two two and. It's like between LeChuck's Revenge and Curse that are kind of tied for my favorite in that series. So Mm -hmm. I know those pretty much off by heart now. I've played them so many times. One, I've probably only played about three times. So I'm quite rusty. I can't even remember. I was talking the other day to someone. I was like, I can't remember what happens in the middle of that game. Distinctly remember the opening stuff on Melee Island and this stuff Mm -hmm. on Monkey Island. Cannot for the life of me remember what happens in the middle well, of that. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You'll, you'll have Mate. a great time. Have you ever played
0: Monkey Island, Jesse?
2: I've, no, not really. Like I might have played like a couple minutes of the first game, but I know uh, my partner's a humongous fan of the Monkey Island games. However, is is this new one? Um, is, is it Return to Monkey Island? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Is this a direct sequel to like all of those games, or is it only a sequel to one of them? To like, the second one. Oh, so the others so are like not it canon? takes place
0: after. I think he said they're still canon. He's just—he's not ignoring them. He doesn't well, I, want to just pretend they never I, happened, but also he's not going to reference them. So,
1: well, I mean, technically, he is so. I think the idea is it's more of like a recall setup, right? Isn't right. It? that like he never got to make Monkey Island three because kind of like Ron mm-hmm. Gilbert and Grossman and technically Schaefer was on the on the original as well, but he's not involved in this one. Um, they didn't get to make Monkey Island 3. So this is them making the Monkey Island 3 they would have made. But they have stolen Murray, who only comes in in Monkey Island 3, who is Absolutely. a sentient talking skull. Right. so Murray. Is, this, is Murray. Get Murray in.
2: Is, so with the first two... Uh, monkey island games are those the ones that people love and all the rest are sort of like uh, now people are really excited about this new uh, one.
0: i i like the next two quite a lot like uh, like matt said curse that's the that's the third one what used to be the third one in the canon like that one's yeah. fantastic um four i still have a soft spot for escape from monkey island that's the 3d one the first 3d one i really liked as a kid i re- kind of recognize now it's not as strong but it definitely has some great moments the ending is the is poor though, the back end
1: of escape from monkey island is quite bad
2: Right, okay. I was wondering yeah. if it was one of those things where it's like, all those other games that we made in the early 2000s aren't great, so let's just ignore those. And
1: Nah, you
0: know. they're, they're still worth playing, I think. Mm. They're still enjoyable. They, they always kept the spirit of it, which I enjoyed. They're always still yeah. quite funny. So, yeah, they're definitely, you know, for me anyway. Some of the best games you'll ever play. So Fair enough. If you haven't played Monkey Island, now's the time to get on it because we've got a new one coming. Anyway, that wasn't even on the running order. The first thing I was going to address was actually something quite troubling, um, which took place on Twitter.com yesterday. Jesse, you made a statement about <laughs> Smarties. Would you like to share this with the group?
2: I don't think it's as controversial as some people are making out to me. To be fair... I, I was think watching, it is. I was watching Ted Lasso. Um, I'm on season two of Ted lesser and my partner had bought me a Smarties Easter egg. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well that's nice. That's a nice start to the story.
2: Yeah, it's a nice start to the story. And I was just, you know, eating them, and then I just thought it would be funny just to, you know, ponder the question online: like, Smarties are they the best chocolate in the UK? Knowing full well they're not, you know, the majority of answer would be no, but I just really like mm-hmm. Smarties. They they remind me of my childhood. I think that's like my childhood chocolate. I know they don't hold okay, a candle to okay. many other chocolates, but I just wanted to put it out
0: <laughs> So maybe that's the way you should uh, position that question, and are they the most nostalgic chocolate? Because just claiming are they the best? Come on. You know in your heart that any Cadbury's is better than a smiley. <laughs> I, just,
2: I just wanted to see the reaction, and I knew it would make okay. me laugh. And so far it's 200, 233 votes with 90.6%. No, 9.4%. That <laughs> That's a land, yes.
0: that is a landslide. Oh, i'm God. hoping that is, the
2: official yeah. smarties twitter account gets involved as well <laughs> And oh this, I this is a the synergy
1: <laughs> thing that you're doing this is you trying to get the friendly broski like up there in the echelons of nestle nestle <laughs> a, but bear in mind a company that wouldn't pull their products away from russia yeah. oh no. and you should
0: have sorted this out before the poll because they're going to click once that poll and go 90 what 90.6 <laughs> 90. percent we're not getting involved in this um it's just funny anyway i'm glad we cleared the air of that because it was troubling uh, why don't we talk about some actual games and films and stuff, because that's probably it's probably what people want to hear. I don't know. They've probably turned off by now because we sound like absolute death. But um, <laughs> first up, let's talk about The Quarry, which is the new game from Supermassive Games. It's their spiritual successor, to Until Dawn. It was revealed a couple of weeks ago with a teaser trailer, but I have been lucky enough to visit the studio and play the first three hours of the game, which is a good chunk of it. It's about... I think they estimate around a ten-hour playthrough, so similar to Until Dawn. It's much longer. It's a much more full experience than any of the Dark Pictures games, which, to be honest, have never quite clicked with me. Those, and I think part of that is in a game like this where it's all about getting to know the characters and making decisions about them. You're barely given any time to know these characters before you you get to choose if they die or not. So, I think this is why Until Dawn and now The Quarry work so much better yeah I think, I think I exactly? think that
2: was one of the main things with until dawn is that you know it's such a fun love letter to horror and most importantly i think supermassive had the time and money to do it well whilst the dark pictures anthology mm-hmm. didn't really have any of that and until dawn shows how they're capable of making a good horror game and mm-hmm. it seems the quarry can it seems like it's going to be like that especially from your preview as well and just like it seems gameplays yeah, too from-
0: exactly from the first three hours i i had a great time of it, it remind me a lot of until dawn mm. and i think a lot of people bemoan the fact that these are just in quotation marks interactive movies but this is exactly what they're going for they're making no bones about it. if this is not your sort of thing it's not it's not your sort of thing they they have a love for this sort of thing and that's what they're trying to do and i think for horror it's like the perfect genre for something like that because you can put your like those decisions like whenever you play a horror film I mean, a lot of people like, you know, why are you going down there? What are you doing? Oh, like, yeah. Well, you can now make that decision and not go down there and not do that. And you'll probably still die. But yeah, the kind of, if you don't know the setup for the quarry, if you haven't heard about it, it's very, it's very similar to Until Dawn. It's riffing off of that teen horror of nine counsellors at a summer camp. It's the last day of camp. All the kids have gone home, but then something happens, which means they have to stay one more night at camp. And then you've got David Arquette as the owner of the camp. Mr. Hackett, who kind of warns them, he's like, like, well, you're going to have to stay here one more night. You were supposed to leave. But whatever you do, do not leave the lodge tonight. And And basically, that's the setup (laughs) for the game. And then there's obviously, yeah, they decide we're going to have one big blowout party and then (laughs) things might start going wrong because it's a horror game. Um, But yeah, I had a great time because it kind of, it has what, the Dark Pictures games don't have for me, which is it has its tongue in its cheek. Like it's it's playing off of that teen horror, that scream vibe of, you yeah. know, these things are ridiculous. Like people are going to make like jokes with like witty one-liners. Whereas I think the Dark Pictures kind of takes itself a bit too seriously, which isn't really what I want. Yeah, Like I yeah. feel like you have to do your horror very well to be taken very seriously. Something like The Witch or something. Like there's no tongue in cheek in that. You have to really commit. Whereas... Yeah, it never quite worked for me in dark pictures. Whereas the quarry, I'm very excited to play the yeah. rest of.
2: I'm. I'd love to know, like, how just from what you've played, how have the QTEs sort of changed in terms of you know, thinking of mm-hmm. Until Dawn, where it was like they seemed really, really reliant on it. Like, how does it how, like how has the gameplay change? Is it a bit more tougher or is the it a gameplay, bit more lenient?
0: I'd say that if anything, it's more lenient, but you can kind of tailor it as much as you want. Yeah. to how familiar you are with games. I mean it's very similar in the styles of gameplay. They are QTEs, but now like they're not face button presses, they're actual just flicks of the analog stick. So if you're not oh, okay. someone who's familiar with a game controller, you can kind of, you know, you know, you can just flick a direction yeah, yeah, a yeah. stick. That's easy enough to grasp. You can even just switch it into full movie mode, which is a really cool option I think, which basically just turns it into a movie. So you can basically predetermine each of the nine playable characters attitudes at the start of the game there's like four different sliders and toggles like they can be compassionate or they can be a bit more like standoffish they can be so
2: you could turn everyone like into idiots and they'll all die exactly and you can just watch it
0: exactly there's also there is great. a mode where you can just click to watch where it just says everyone dies and you can just watch the most gore-filled <laughs> death-filled version of the plot i love which, that you know it's a, it's a fun way to go like so they also said, you know, obviously, take it to a pinch of salt, 186 different ending variations, which doesn't mean there's 106 different endings. It just means, you know, the formula works out that there's three or four probably different endings for each character and the different combinations. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. You know, there's 100. So there's a lot, there's a lot to get into in this game. And yeah, I'm just, I just really had a great time. The cast is really good. Like, they've followed on from... Until dawn of having that mixture of like well-known people and up-and-comers. Like back mm. then, Rami Malek was—he wasn't unknown. He was still—he was in stuff, but you know, he wasn't, yeah, you know, he wasn't a Bond villain or winning Oscars. But like, so who knows? In this cast, could be someone popping through.
2: Maybe. But um, w- when when you were playing as well, because I think from like the first teaser or first trailer, like the game seemed a little bit just mm. choppy in that mechanical sense. Like when you were playing, was it, did it feel fine? Did it play fine?
0: Yeah, it feels fine. It, it feels like. I mean, if you've played Until Dawn, it feels like that. You've got periods where you're walking around, exploring, picking up items, kind of just investigating the more clues you get. Obviously, you'll be more informed as to what's going on in this place. Mm. And then, yeah, it'll go into conversation scenes where you'll have choices to make. There's obviously big choices where, you know, there'll be like a VHS rewind effect and it'll say Path Chosen. Yeah, and that'll be like a big decision you've made. There'll be small ones where on the side of the screen it'll just be like this, you know, telltale style. This character remembers you being rude to them or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. there's a lot of that. It's very much that that rhythm of explore, conversation, choice, maybe a bit of action. When I say action, it's very loose. You can even turn action like combat off completely if you want. But it's just like aim a very broad like beam of a flashlight uh, as a gun. So like it's very much. They want everyone to play this game. I think it's yeah. not gonna. It's not like a challenging game. It's, no, no. I, like I we said, I, it's it's an interactive movie, and you know, that un, unapologet, uh, unapologetically, it's that as well. So, yeah. No,
2: I'm I'm really looking forward to. I feel like like you said, dark picture didn't quite have like you know the time and the just budget to it, and this seems like it does. And I'm just really looking forward to playing after watching your preview and stuff. It seems mm-hmm. sick.
0: Exactly check out my yeah check out my preview yesterday if if you want to some more in detail thoughts we've also got so we're covering it for ign first this month we've got exclusive stuff we've got three more weeks of content i think four more drops i know matt you've got a couple coming on the way as well where we -hmm. we delve more into some of the systems and how branching narratives work and stuff like that so yeah if you're interested in that stay tuned to ign.com uh next up Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, is finally out. I feel like I've been talking about this game for ages. I saw it at, I think it was was announced at E3 2019. That's where I saw it anyway for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I've started playing it. It's maybe not quite hit those expectations for me yet. um, But I know, Jesse, you've played a lot more of this game than me. How much have you played?
2: I've played naturally through episode one, two, and three first. You know, which is unsurprising <laughs> I, to anyone. To me,
0: I've done I've done it that way too. Okay, I started okay. with episode one.
2: <laughs> right, because I can imagine if Dale was here, he'd be shitting on the fact that I did that. Um, I but, just
0: went chronological. Because I thought, yeah. you know, start with some bad stuff, have some good stuff, and then go back to the bad stuff.
2: <laughs> I, I wanted to unlock Darth Maul and General Grievous first. And I've done that, so I'm a happy boy. Um, but, yeah, I am mean, when it comes to the Skywalker saga it's good fun but i don't think it's living up to the heights that i maybe thought it would be because for the skywalker Mm -hmm. saga itself it's you know compared to the earlier lego games it's undergone a bit of a reinvention you know they've changed how combat works how movement and the perspective because you used to play with a sort of top-down view and now it's the more typical um you know over the shoulder all of these changes now
0: like yeah like a third person action yeah yeah like what you're more used to in a game isn't it yeah
2: yeah yeah typically but i'm i'm not sure it's it's a weird one i think overall it's you know it's a very easy game to play it's you know it's essentially a a children's game (laughs) and stuff but um i think my problem with the skywalker saga comes from what you're actually doing while playing there's a lot of transitioning from (laughs) hub to hub having to you know at times slowly follow npcs as they waffle on and stuff and the objectives after a while they're a little bit repetitive Um, i think that's where my Mm -hmm. core issue is but outside of that i think traveler tales have done like a really good job of just recreating star wars in a beautiful way i think you know the game looks fantastic and the mix of lego blocks with these like super highly detailed environments it's just you know really cool and mad but yeah i just i feel like there could have been a bit more thought into Mm -hmm. how you're what you're doing when you're playing the game itself
0: so yeah i i was having a similar thing so i've only played through episode one i did that last night and i had a similar thought which was like oh like this is a clear you know like they love star wars you yeah know? and it is bringing out that kind of kid in me it's like oh i remember loving the original lego star wars games and obviously loving star wars and yeah yeah there absolutely. is a lot of star wars love in this but yeah i was surprised how basic and at times dull the gameplay was in episode <laughs> one where it's like it was like some of the levels were literally just go to Coruscant, talk to someone fly back that was the whole level and i was yeah, like yeah. what Like, there was no actual, like... Because even, like, the original, all the other LEGO games, the levels themselves are quite lengthy. They're not, like, you know, like, one shot and done. Like, some of them can last, like, half an hour, and there's, like, some puzzles going on, there's combat bits, there's boss fights. Some of the levels in this game are, like, three minutes long. You're just, like... Like, one of the levels is just go to... What's the... um, What's the Gungan City called? You'll probably know that, won't you? Oh, no. Um,
2: <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though, but it's that level it, there where you start it, it and you're...
0: Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you literally go there, walk along some walkways, talk to um, Boss Nass, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the level done. Yeah. like it's, it's so bizarre. And I feel like a lot of... Maybe there's other... Some of the other films have more interesting sections, but I also feel like where a lot of the fun for this game is going to come out for me is during the free play areas. Once I've actually just actually i'm just gonna gun it through all the stories basically all the films and then go back and actually i looked there's like i don't know i sound like 1100 collectible kyber bricks or something which are the upgradable things it's like i feel like that's where the fun is gonna go Being going back and solving all those puzzles i couldn't when i didn't have the characters to do so because the actual level to level gameplay i found was surprisingly poor
2: (laughs) i I think that's what they they sort of want you to focus on is that you know, from the level to level gameplay, just going back to the Gungan City where you start at it and you basically just have to run to the end and then you finish the mission by mm. talking to someone. I think they want you to sort of just explore, find those Kyber Crystals whilst you're doing it, maybe do a few side quests at the same time. But it's, nothing's like pushing me to do that. Because like, no. with the upgrades as well, once you've get, once you've, you know, upgraded a few certain abilities, then a certain like early game annoyances have basically just, been eradicated and then i haven't really found the need to upgrade anymore like this mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's, yeah. it's an odd, i feel like
0: once i've unlocked characters and gone back that's where the fun is because it's that typical thing of a lego game which is how i always used to play them anyway which is just kind of just blaze it through the story then go back and see everything because the amount of puzzles you walk up to and they're like they have like i don't know like an imperial symbol next to them. it's like oh well i don't yeah, have the character yeah, yeah. for this yet so what's the point yeah. like I'm just still good. I feel like there's still a lot of fun to be had in this game, and I'm going to have it once, in a weird way. Once I've finished it, is where mm. I'm going to have the fun. Um, because I probably will just stick some podcasts on and platinum this game because I like platinum Lego games because they're just fun collectible yeah. rides, really. So, yeah, I, I think and like I, you said, just they did do. I think the Darth Maul fight quite well is what I will say. Yeah. I did quite enjoy that.
2: Yeah, that, that, that is fun, like don't don't get me wrong, it's it's a fun game, and I think honestly for me the best part of the release of the Skywalker saga is just that everyone seems just to be having fun with Star Wars again. When you're playing the game, there's like you you're not having any of the silly drama of, you know, previous Star Wars films in your head, it's just making you smile and laugh because of mm-hmm. how they've adapted the Star Wars films you like and even maybe hate to just fit that Lego humour and it's just a very funny and just chill game to play. I feel like it could exactly. have benefited it's maybe nice just from even being able to do co-op with your mate and stuff because it's got couch co-op. But if it had a bit of online as well, you could be laughing still, through it too. No
0: Lego game, yeah, it's never had online co-op. It is still mad that they never added this for this. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's LEGO, nice that they but, have couch you know.
2: co-op. At least they're one of the few games that have that still. But I yeah. feel like we could have had some multiplayer on this as well. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I feel like we're down there. There's still, there's a still mm. lot to enjoy, but from what I played, I was like, I was surprised at how basic was even compared to other Lego games which mm. have had more involved mechanics maybe you know like i said i've done episode 1 maybe you know maybe return of the jedi is a really difficult roguelike platformer i don't think it will be <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see um
1: yeah matthew you haven't played any lego star wars yet have you no um i you know not to be to continue the danner on i don't really like the lego games sorry so well, that's, no, be old old <laughs> that's because you're a miserable old man. It's because what you've been doing
0: is watching Sonic 2. Because you are a miserable old bat. I don't know where I was going with that. You make have like been watching it every day. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch it, Matt? And did you tell all your friends you're
1: gonna you're gonna go fast? You're gonna go and see it now? uh Not in the slightest, no. There was, so I've been <laughs> ill for a long time. There was a minor moment where I wasn't ill and I went to see Sonic 2. Oh, um, well, what a highlight. <laughs> Everything yeah, went, went downhill to- after <laughs> Sonic 2. <laughs> uh, I went to see Sonic 2. In order to facilitate IGN's coverage of Sonic 2, you'll be able to see a lovely interview with Jim Carrey I did if you go to like, the YouTube channel um and we've got i mean that's
0: a treat to talk to jim Carrey.
1: yeah yeah that was that was nice and i did say it was like it was i didn't tell him what my favorite role of his is because it's probably not anybody else's which is count Olaf in a series of unfortunate events <laughs> i thought you're gonna say the number 23 or something. <laughs> really bizarre <No. laughs> um but uh yeah and i got to chat to like the director and and uh calina shaughnessy who is tails so we've done there's mm-hmm. some, some nice videos you can go and watch on IGN. Uh, what I didn't say to any of them is I didn't like the film. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're the first person I've heard who watched this and didn't
0: think it was like better than the first and didn't no, like No, so it. I, do better, I do think it's better. I do think it's better than the
1: first, like, and I think it's actually like genuinely like miles better than the first. I still don't like it. Um, <laughs> so my big issue with the first one is it's basically. It's basically Hop which was like a 2011 film starring <laughs> James Masters who hanging out with a cartoon bunny rabbit. Change the bunny rabbit that was who who voiced the bunny rabbit? I am just going to have a, who
2: Who even remembers that? Was film? it Rus-
1: Russell Brands? Uh, well, Russell Brands. That that's yet. not what you want. Was was the voice of the rabbit in there? <clears throat> Change that CG rabbit for Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's all that film was. I don't understand why it was a Sonic film. It's just like quirky CG character is in mod- is in our world doing random crap. Um, this one actually is a Sonic film. I will give it that. Like it, by bringing okay. Sonic and Tails and Knuckles into it, and you know, obviously, also has Doctor Robotnik in it there is much more time spent with the characters that you actually have paid your money to go and see. No one... I I don't know if there's... I mean, people obviously do care about the human elements of these films because the first Sonic did really well, enough to be able to get a sequel greenlit and made in two years under pandemic conditions. Like, that's how good the first one clearly did. Good luck to him, yeah. Uh, um, But this one, like... Like The human characters are pushed a little bit more to the side and quite a lot of it is kind of like an adventure with Sonic and Tails kind of working their way across, you know, weirdly the real world rather than their world, which is much more interesting um, and effectively trying to come up with something to help them stop Robotnik. It's got much more commonality with kind of the elements of the games, like the the emeralds are a part of this mm. film, you know, which are obviously a big part of the game's. Um you've mm-hmm. got more a few more of the kind of like mechanics of the games that are actually kind of like portrayed as thing like so, for example, everybody knows because it's been in the trailers that like the tornado biplane is in this, and a set piece of the film is kind of riffing on that set piece from Sonic Two is that probably I, i'm I'm not very good at kind of like the where everything is in the Sonic timeline. <laughs> But then obviously kind of Knuckles is a big part of it. And Knuckles, as he was in the original game, tricked by Robotnik to be a villain in this film. Uh, voiced by Idris Elba. Weirdly, like, I don't know what they were doing with it. Is Knuckles supposed to be sexy? Like, canonically sexy in this film? I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna look at anyone in an odd way if they find him sexy. I mean, you know, <laughs> go for it, you know.
2: I mean, it's- it was his performance just like... In the back of your mind, like just off put in,
1: sort of. Because I think Ben Schwartz actually does a voice for Sonic. It like even though there is a di- direct reference to Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec in this, <laughs> um, in general, like I think that when I'm watching it, Sonic is Sonic. It's not Ben Schwartz, and right. obviously. Tails gets away with it because Kalina Shaughnessy literally is Tails in the games and has been for eight years or something like that. With Idris Elba, it just sounds like Idris Elba on like a grumpy day. Hello, Sonic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what
2: Knuckles is meant to sound like. Like I have this sort of stereotypical Sonic voice in my head if I had to imagine what he sounds like. But I don't know what the voice of Knuckles is or you know just any of the other characters
1: yeah my my biggest complaint about his performance is just that whereas the others feel like like when i see their cgi character on screen they are their voice feels linked to that character and when i see the cartoon opening and shutting its mouth i believe that the voice is coming out of that mouth with knuckles all i can see is a cg character on screen and it sounds like idris alba is like sat behind me (laughs) just shouting the lines like there's a weird disconnect i get between them but in general like there's good fun kind of fights between those characters because obviously there's a little bit more tone for action there sonic is very much a character in this film that is built around the idea of like he wants to be a superhero because everybody wants to be a superhero in 2022 Um, so kind of like, there's a little bit of kind of like the Marvel kind of like leaking into it. Um, you get some of the kind of bigger, weirder sort of like 1990s platformers moments in this one. So overall, I think it is a much better Sonic movie than what Sonic one was. Um, Mm -hmm. still didn't like it. (laughs) Like it's fine. Like for me, it's so distinctly a kid's movie and a kid's movie, with the ambition of just being, like, enough to to keep the to keep kids happy. Like, I don't think there's... When I look at, for example, what Arkane did with the idea of, like, creating a League of Legends mm-hmm. TV show, like, that has ambition, right, to create, like, an interesting universe and interesting characters with good motivations. You can still do that at a kid's level. Go and watch Turning Red. Like, yeah. that is the... I genuinely... Like, I'm not saying that Sonic is never going to be good because inherently sonic is not capable of being it. like inherently the characters just aren't possible of it i just think like it is much more interesting to set sonic in the world of sonic and have sonic being able to do things that are interesting relative to that world than the gimmick of throw them in the real world and have them interact with humans because it's there's an element of humour of being able to have these weird, like, yeah. distinctly cartoony CGI characters play off against the real this, world.
0: That's why I thought we'd have in this second one because doesn't the isn't the end teaser like the end credit scene of the original Robotnik in like Sonic's world? Like I thought they'd just in, roll in, with that and go into that. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Like, obviously, the start of this film does have him on that mushroom world because that's that's kind of like the the genesis of him turning from what was essentially Jim carrey in in the first mm-hmm. film into proper Robotnik with the mad mustache and shave yeah, his yeah. hair off um and like I would much rather have watched a uh a, a a film that was in on like that mushroom world that would have allowed like using mushrooms as part of like as launch pads for really cool like air like attacks and stuff like yeah, that yeah. that feels the sort of thing I wanna see in a sonic movie. Instead, like the most ambitious stuff I get is like a dance off <laughs> because it's set with real characters and real characters can dance. And so that's the thing that they can do against Sonic. Well, there we go. Sonic
0: <laughs> 2, better than Sonic 1 for Matt, but still not good. Although, do you know what? A lot of people did enjoy Sonic 1 more than you, didn't they? So maybe they'll still really like A lot this, of people, so
1: anyway. a lot of people, like we gave this like a seven out of 10 and, and Alex who who reviewed yeah. it for us, she liked it like I'm not saying that you will not like it but if you come in with the same like expectations as I do is like I want to see something fantastical I want to see something that's fast and wild like what those games are I just I don't know what, what the people that behind these films are thinking of by using like like setting it against such a mundane setting as the real world <laughs> mm-hmm. well there Matt we go hates
0: Sonic for you
1: Matt does hate her. <laughs> I do hate her. <laughs> Get me off it. <laughs> Fire me into space, Matt. You may want to get off Earth.
0: So, could I tempt you with maybe coming with me to Tiny Tina's Wonderland?
1: <laughs> like, I'm, I'm vaguely interested. Like, obviously, like we had a big chat back when Borderlands Three came out about mm. how much we didn't like Borderlands Three, but there is a fundamental good shooting involved oh, yeah. in, in Borderlands, and obviously, Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is very D&D-influenced. Absolutely. So tell me, Cardi, is it worth... I've been playing
0: this game by myself, which is not traditionally really how you play Borderlands, but literally I think I'm at the point now where everyone I would play this game has gone, I'm done with Borderlands, which is very fair. Um, I'm having a really fun time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a
1: really good... Of course this is the good one, isn't it?
0: (laughs) I don't know if it is... uh, I don't know if it's good because there are things it definitely doesn't do as well as the core Borderlands games. But I am, I'm not finding it nearly as grating, like comedic wise or tone wise, as I feel like I would. But I don't know how much of that is due to the fact that just Claptrap doesn't exist in this world. <laughs> I feel like that's a big bit of it. Um, kinda of the setup for this if you're not familiar is it takes place in the Borderlands universe, but imagine there's Borderlands characters playing a D and D style game and you're basically playing within that. So it's kinda of more fantasy based. It I didn't realise until I started playing it because I hadn't really paid much attention to it in preview coverage, that it is pretty much just a Borderlands game, but in a fantasy like mm. skin. So You've still got all the mad guns, all the crazy guns. You've got spells though now and abilities which kind of overtake, you know, they've replaced the sci-fi stuff with, with fantasy spells essentially. So I've got like a, a mushroom companion who can poison people. I've got like a flying wyvern now as a, as a as a friend. Like I'm just having a good time because like you said, the core shooting and combat in those games are quite fun and the loop of getting better gear and constantly finding new crazy weapons with like like elemental damage i've got this ridiculous like frost damage smg at the moment which although it technically is like a lower gear score than i should have at this point still is just absolutely decimating everything so i'm keeping Mm -hmm. it but yeah i feel like this is is board like borderlands we do give a fair amount of stick to and i don't know if at times it's unfair So i do think at the core of it, it is a very fun game it's just often the writing and the performances are just too grating this time mm. despite tiny tina being one of the more annoying characters in the borderlands universe i'm not finding it too bad despite her basically narrating half of the thing like i think part of that is also because you've got people i really like like will arnett and andy sandberg involved who are just also doing some of that vo and kind of that's taken me to a good place but i I feel like i'm about halfway through it's a big game i think i I like maybe i shouldn't be surprised it's the length of the borderlands i think i expect it to be sound a bit smaller but i'm having a i'm having a really good time i don't yeah i'm just really enjoying it if you've not
2: played any borderlands games and I wanted to jump into Tiny Tina, would that be mad? Oh, no. No, there's absolutely be- no... Yeah,
0: you can jump straight into this. There's nothing you need to know. Mm. Um, it's completely... There's no through line, really, anyway, in Borderlands. Is anyone really... I, I don't pay attention to the story in these games. It's not It's not what I'm there for. But <laughs> um, if you just want to blow loads of skeletons and zombies up and little, like, I don't know, little lizards and things, like you'll have a great time. It is... The loop mm. is really fun, and I can't wait to get some of the legendary stuff. I haven't got some of that yet, because they are very... Like, Borderlands 3 wasn't that long ago. They they are very imaginative in coming up with this amount of different weaponry per game. I know a lot of it's kind of generated through, like, lots of different permutations of, like, oh, you can have this element of damage with this sort of gun with a grenade and stuff. But there's a lot of different stuff. Like, I'm constantly still... I'm probably, like, 20 hours in now. Mm-hmm. like still finding new stuff all the time and yeah i just i kind of i mean i don't know i'd play it again co-op i'm just having a really fun time <laughs> and i didn't In think I would. Be.
1: the the fantasy stuff because i must say the first yeah. time i saw it and realized oh it's just borderlands and it's got guns that initially kind of like dampened mm-hmm. my initial excitement for it because i was hoping it would be like swords and crossbows and stuff like that mm. but So do all the enemies have guns? Are you fighting like... A lot of them have got... Yes, so there's like zombie
0: gunners (laughs) and stuff like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some of them are melee and some of them are just... Yeah, creatures that like run up to you and explode. But there is is some fantasy stuff. Like you do have a sword, you have a melee um, item which can have different effects, which I do use occasionally. And you also... There are like new gun types that do actually fire like crossbow bolts Mm -hmm. and not bullets. So there is that sort of thing there, but it is still very much a first person shooter and in terms of how much like there is a bit of a D influence and in it. like it's all fairly surface level like you find these lucky dice like these 18 sided sure. dice around and like if you find them they're kind of like loot crates if you you basically t- roll them and it'll give you anything from 1 to 18 and the higher the number then the more rare a gun will come out of mm-hmm. it which is quite fun um also like there's things that will just happen because it's kind of all tiny Tina is basically playing as your um what's it called dungeon, dungeon master, master basically, yeah, dungeon. So, yeah she's basically playing as that so you might be running down a hill and she's like oh and the the village is on fire and there's zombies everywhere." and suddenly that just appears and you're like "Ah!" <laughs> so like that <laughs> moments like that are quite fun i'm just yeah i'm i'm pleasantly surprised it's quite it's good mindless fun it's been good to just after a day's work or a day of being ill, just kind of play that Mm. for two hours and Mm -hmm. mindlessly, like, there's not a lot of challenge to it. Maybe I'm just just remarkably good. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But yeah, one thing they still can't get right is boss fights, because my God, were Borderlands 3's boss fights atrocious. And in this one, it's still that thing of like, it's just an enemy with a slightly bigger health bar, which I'm just gonna. There's no tactics to it. I'm just gonna mm. unleash as many bullets as I can into this thing and and jump as much as I can out of the way of it. So, yeah. Uh, mm.
1: I mean, I guess sort of like after you've done the gamut of Elden Rings bosses, maybe you do want a boss that's just. But like, you know, it's that thing of like you do want something that's a bit more relaxing that you can just throw at, But also, you've just played some of the best bosses of all time, right? So. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah. There we go. Tiny Teens Wonderland, if, so if you're on the fence maybe like me, where I, you know what, give it a go it's a bit of fun, and you know what, I imagine it's a game that might go on sale at some point soon so maybe don't rush, and you know it's a good co-op game to play with friends, I'm not playing it with any friends, I'm just playing it by myself I'm still having a nice <laughs> time, but I imagine with friends it would also be very fun there we go, what have we got next? Next up we've got so much to talk about this week we're going to rattle through it though, Matthew you've been playing a game that I'm actually quite interested in, and I haven't got around to trying it, which is Weird West.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is the <laughs> first game from, I think mean, they call Wolf Eye Studios, but this is Rafael Colantolio's studios. And he used to be, he was one of the co-founders of Arcane. Mm-hmm. He's kind of stepped away. He was like, kind of don't want to do the AAA thing anymore. I want to get a scale back down, go back to, to indie. So it's an indie um uh, a little indie studio, very small team, but it's still doing the things that fundamentally Arcane have always done. So it is technically an immersive sim RPG. It's just... It's done from a top-down uh, perspective, so it essentially controls like a twin-stick shooter, but it's a twin-stick shooter that has a lot of the things that you'd expect going on in in your your praise and your dishonoreds and mm-hmm. and your kind of like death loops and stuff like that. It's set in as the title suggests, like the old West, but a weird kind of version of it. This is a kind of semi-small genre that like obviously already exists. Like this is what, um, what's the Hunt Showdown is that kind of vibe, right? Like the mm. Gothic old West where the supernatural going on. Um, and basically it's made up of five individual kind of small campaigns and you play them through sequentially. Um, The first one is, uh, which is the one I'll talk about most because it's the only one I finished. I'm only on the second one at the moment. You play a woman called um, Jane. Uh, She used to be a bounty hunter, but she's kind of given up that life. But you wake up one morning and your son has been murdered and your husband has been kidnapped. And so her storyline is very much about figuring out who has done this and obviously enacting justice. So you go and dig up your old gun and put your old sort of, like, bounty mm-hmm. hunter gear on. And, like, when you walk into town, like, everybody's whispering, like, oh, my God, she's she's got the guns again. She's she's back on the She's got the saddle. bloody guns again.
0: Oh, <laughs> God.
1: Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like that first story is very much like a revenge tale. But the further you dig into it, obviously, it just gets increasingly more fucked up because it's, it's the Weird West. Like, mm-hmm. not everybody is just, like, gunslingers, like... This one has a lot to do with uh, eating of the forbidden meats. Oh, as, as one might I say. love a cannibal tale, <laughs> me.
0: Oh, <laughs> here we go. What um, did I watch recently? You had cannibals in. Oh, I watched something. I won't spoil it for people, though.
1: Good. Don't, don't <laughs> be going spoiling stuff. There you go. um, but yeah, so so. Essentially, you've got a big kind of map. It's not an open world game, but it's one of these where you open up a map, almost, I guess, a bit like Monkey Island going all the way back to the start of the podcast, where as you travel around it, it puts new locations on it. And when you visit those locations, it's just like a small kind of map. So, for example, you can visit a plantation and what you get is like the plantation house and the area around it, but nothing else. It's not like a genuine open world map. Um, and then in those places are people that you'll meet. Obviously lots of sci- I say lots of side quest givers, not a huge amount. Like it's per story. I think there are side quests that are designed to link in to the kind of story that you're experiencing to help you out. So for example, one of the people that were on that plantation that I was previously speaking about was kind of like, I've got a letter that I want to give you to someone, but it's, it's kind of got stuff that i shouldn't be speaking about and then you can follow that storyline and it roughly runs kind of in Mm -hmm. parallel i guess to what you're doing um so it's kind of very small focus kind of scale but with enough kind of expansiveness that you feel like it's quite cool to be able to go into town and pick up bounties off the bounty board and know i'm going here and yeah. the last sighting of that person that, that, that I, I'm doing the bounty for is here, so you can kind of coordinate your objectives. It's like I'm going to go here, I'm going to do my main objective, but while I'm here, I'm going to shoot this guy in the face, uh, okay. and that's going <laughs> to earn me money. So,
3: this
0: is my main question about the game is actually gameplay. So <laughs> it's obviously got that arcane influence. It's like what. Is it combat heavy, or can you could you get through this game with like zero combat? So I've also seen I don't know if these are like false comparisons, some almost some like Disco Elysium comparisons at points.
1: So my experience of it so far would be that you definitely couldn't do it without combat. Okay, um, it can be med- like a
2: lot though, because I haven't said so. Yeah, but I've played just a couple hours. Okay. I didn't even realize there's I didn't even realize there's more characters to play as because yeah. I've just sort of been fucking mm-hmm. around. But I've been doing primarily stealth because. You mentioned it, Matt, where, you know, the map, it will be like a small section Mm -hmm. of the map. What I didn't realize is how easy it is just to sort of scale around everywhere. As long as you've sort of got the right perks, you can just sort of skim around the corner of the map to try and get to where your main objective is and just do stealth kills and stuff.
1: So that's very much in the vein of Dishonored, right? Like very much Mm -hmm. like you. you, um, And because you have a different perspective than you do in Dishonored because you're top down, you obviously Mm. get to see where people are um, yeah. I actually find the stealth a little more, more difficult in this than I do in Dishonored. I think because of the blink ability in Dishonored and obviously in Deathloop as well, it's much more easy to get to where you want to be able to do the stealth kills and then disappear. Yeah. This obviously you don't have, or at least Jane doesn't. I don't know if future characters will be able mm. to teleport, but yeah. certainly Jane doesn't have the ability. And you're only... Ability to kill in stealth is either to go up literally behind them and strangle them and, and and knock them out, use your machete or some sort of melee weapon, or you can attach a silencer to your rifle, but the silencer is not a physical item, it's an ability, and so you obviously have a mana bar like you do in Dishonored, and so it drains the mana bar to you to make one silent shot, which means that obviously unless you're constantly necking mana potions, of which I don't find them that often... Yeah. I find silent shots are kind of like a very precise surgical thing I do to make sure I can get into somewhere knowing that at some point the shit's going to hit the fan and there's going to be a big Wild West shootout. So I'm personally finding stealth a little bit more challenging than I do in Dishonored. Mm. So I've not been able to 100% stealth an area, but I do yeah. certainly think if you were good at the game, then you could, right? <laughs> um so that's how
2: i've been trying to play just because i feel like the combat is a lot more faster than what i thought it would be Mm -hmm. because like when shit kicks off it really kicks off and like just when i was playing the other night someone threw a bit of tnt which then ignited a bit of oil on the floor and then around there the corner there was you know an explosive Mm -hmm. barrel and sometimes there's like a lot of friendly fire from the enemies just chucking shit and stuff (laughs) blowing up and there's so many reactions happening like I need to slow down a little bit. So
1: the thing I do find is, so I've actually had to move. I originally started playing it on Xbox and I've moved over to PC because...
2: I think I need to do that.
1: I am, in general, not particularly good at twin-stick shooters. Um, And so, like, Cardi, we played a bit of The Ascent. So Mm -hmm. kind of the vibe of the controls is a lot like The Ascent. But you're obviously using guns from, like, the 1800s. So they've Mm -hmm. only got six rounds in them and they take a long time to reload. And I found that playing it on PC, the precision of the mouse has helped me a lot and made that a little easier. But like you say, Jesse, when things kick off, it goes surprisingly fast. It's a game that's very much built around the idea of using the quick load, the quick save and those kind of things that like you you do lots of experimenting and have loads of things go wrong and you just keep loading back and kind of like working out what is the coolest and most efficient way, you know, Mm. to take things out
2: there are abilities though to sort of slow down time and give you like a few yeah. seconds to think of what to do you get the, which is obviously very you know, appreciated.
1: We've been a lot of the the conversation this week has been about Max Payne coming back, right? Like you get the Max Payne oh, bullet man. bullet time dive in this like you can jump through midair slow it down and fire your like okay. six shooters. I'm off. sold now. I was
0: I was going to play this game anyway but now you've just sold mm-hmm. me cuz bullet time so. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to like these five different campaigns, can you are they like intertwining
1: anywhere? Are they very much just separate so stories? So, I can only tell you what I know based off... So, I've got a friend who reviewed it for Rock, Paper, Shotgun, so he's played a lot more than me. What I understand is, is once you f- even though they are played in sequence, you have to play Jane first, and then when you get to the second one, that's a character who, I won't spoil who they are, but they're definitely more supernatural, fucked up kind of mm-hmm. built than what Jane is. From what I understand... Jane is then a person in the world and I think you can okay. hire her on as cool. a companion. That's cool. Um, so there's a permanence to what you do, I guess in the world. And what I would assume is the actions that you take in one campaign. Cause there's very particularly like you get to choose what sort of justice you enact at the end of Jane's campaign. Like how you deal with these people that have kidnapped your husband and, and, and killed your child. Yeah. And the way it kind of presents what you did at the end of her story, it like has a checklist of things that you did and what options you took. I get the feeling of like, if you taken the more kind of uh, like lax justice point and you maybe let people go, like potentially they could come up later on. I don't know. That's just what yeah. I'm inferring from the but- way it presented that to me.
2: There is a thing in the game that when you have certain enemy encounters, I've found at least, the game tells you that, you know, if one person ends up escaping Mm -hmm. or you allow them to leave, they can come back and be like, oh, I've got my crew with me now. So if you're traveling from point to point, they'll be like, here's where we're going to ambush you because you, you know, killed my entire Mm -hmm. crew and my boss and now I'm, you know, seeking revenge. Yeah.
1: and And that works the opposite way around as well. Like you have a reputation system. So for example, if you kind of like find as you're working around the map, it obviously puts these little like places on that you're like oh i'll go and explore there and let's say you find that there's a bunch of kind of bandits that have tied up a man if you kill all the bandits then save the man he'll be like i'll remember this and then sometimes you'll be in a massive shootout and then you get like a big gold like ui element that comes up and that man will start running in from the side <laughs> of the map with like two guns just firing like wild, wild. Um, so it. you get those like little bits where it's like I did something and the game has remembered it and now it's paying me back because that guy was on his horse riding by, saw I was in trouble, and now I get the help. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. There is is one element I'm a bit unsure about and in in the game itself, and this is obviously spoilers, I guess, or I don't know whether it's spoilers or not, but the game presents that you're progressing from day one to day Mm -hmm. two to day three and stuff. Time is progressing. And since your husband has been kidnapped, I'm sort of in a worried state of... I don't know if I can spend just 50 days fucking about (laughs) doing anything in game Mm -hmm. and then my husband will be dead or do I need to rush through and try and save him on day three because he might have been... Yeah, I've genuinely
1: no idea. I do know there are certain things that are on day counters, like some missions require you to do it within the next five days and stuff like that, Mm. which gives you that... I suppose you know how like in Persona, when you know that you've got to do something Mm -mm. in a few days, you have to specifically think. And as you travel around the world, it will tell you like... If you're going all the way to the other side of the map, it'll be like, it's going to take you three days to walk here. And so obviously yeah. when you're on on quests that require you to do it very quickly, that might be like, oh, okay, either I don't do it or I pay the 250 gold that I've managed to to save up. Rather than using it for what I was originally planning to, I might just buy a horse, which cuts that yeah, in half. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. all, all that sort of stuff. And then all the classic dishonor stuff, like you were saying, Jesse, of... If you see a stick of dynamite on a table and watch an enemy walk by it, if you shoot the dynamite, the dynamite explodes, kills the enemy. Maybe that, maybe people are obsessed now with the exploding dynamite rather than hearing where the gunshot went off. So that gives you like cover and stuff like that. Yeah, there's
2: there's a lot of cool moments like that. I didn't realize that I sort of had that arcane influence behind it from one of the developers. Mm-hmm. But there's even just tiny, small things. There was um, the sort of main town that you hang a around with um at first as you play what's her name jane is it? yeah jane the first character yeah um there was just like a doctor's office there that i wanted to sort of break into because <laughs> i desperately needed supplies and the game you know lets you lock pick the door you can throw some tnt and blow it up um but so far in my play for i was able to upgrade um some points into my jumping ability so now i can jump scale onto the roof and then there's the window there you can open the window mm-hmm. now if i just dropped in i would effectively be locked in unless i find a key in there but since I had rope in my inventory, I can attach that onto the roof, you know, climb down, steal all my shit and then climb back out, and then no one knows the difference. It's just like I really like that. Just all those choices and even having just some miscellaneous item like a bit of rope, which is usually just something you'd sell in a game like that, mm-hmm. you can actually use it. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's it's full of all of those sort of things. And like the my first kind of five hours with the game, I was just a bit like I really like what it's going for, but I wasn't entirely sure if it was everything i kind of hoped it would be and it wasn't like Mm. uh, most arcane games i'm pulled in within the first like hour like i know that it's exactly what i'm looking for this has taken me longer partially i think because i don't play a lot of twin stick shooters and i find that format quite fiddly especially in fights that are as fast as what they can be in weird west but now i've got to the point where its depth is quite clear to me Now it's like, okay, this is the game I want it to be. I just had to mold the way that I play just a little bit more in Mm. its functionality. Like I play so many first person games that when you play something like Dishonored or or Deathloop, it's just absolute second nature the way those games play. I've had to teach myself more on this and it's not not my ideal format for it, but I'm willing to persevere getting around that because the actual game itself is the exact Mm -hmm. sort of game for me. i'm definitely gonna play
0: it we're kind of coming up we had like a big start to the year of games we're kind of like going into a mini drought now of new stuff until like Mm. august september really so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna go back visit all these games definitely gonna check out weird west it's on game pass right isn't it Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's on game pass that's where i first tried it out and just because of the controls i feel like they're not you know they're not like bad on console and stuff but i feel like it definitely probably benefits on keyboard and now i'm probably I, gonna I think switch I to that
0: xbox just because i think i'm a bit more au okay with twin six mm-hmm.
1: maybe than you. Are yeah right, but i don't know the, the other thing that was really nice and absolute kudos to both Wolfeye and um uh microsoft for this is i just installed it on game pass on my pc and the two and a half hour save i got on console was there i just carried on i didn't oh. have to start again Shit,
2: that's a genius idea, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just get it on the Game Pass on PC instead of just on Steam. Check out Weird West, it
0: sounds like a potential banger. Do you know what's a definite banger, though? I'm going to quickly talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. So I was very lucky that two weeks ago, I was in the United States of America. I don't know if you've heard of that place, guys. It's on planet (laughs) there. Um, And the people over there, Now have the ability to watch this film everything everywhere all at once. Doesn't even have a. I know it is unfair because it doesn't even no even like whispers of a release date in the UK. So sorry, UK people, but this is me getting you hyped for a film that will hopefully come out sometime in the next few weeks or months over here. If you're in the US though, and you're listening to this, you have no excuse not to see this film because.
2: Is, is that the new is her name Michelle Young yes film? it is
0: I will explain to you after I've done this cough that mm. I'll mute
2: oh god that looked violent
0: it was a big <laughs> cough that no one heard trust me <laughs> I will tell you all about this film because it is you know without any hyperbole one of the best films I've seen in many years it's fantastic Damn. it's by daniels who are the two the, the two two men called daniel who directed swiss army man if anyone saw that with paul Dano and daniel Radcliffe, that film, that film is so good film. it's very good and this one is even better so what how to talk about this film <laughs> so yeah like i said it's michelle Yeoh, and basically she plays the owner of a laundrette in an american city i can't remember which one it is now because i was quite tired when i saw it but believe me it's fantastic um so she plays a mother who basically she's living a pretty normal life but it's kind of like you can tell it's kind of getting a bit too much kind of like she's kind of this tension with her dad tension with her husband tension with her daughters it's kind of you know it's all building up they're having problems with rent and stuff like that Mm. and then one day out of nowhere someone from another multiverse appears and basically tells her you are the savior against this evil that is traveling through the multiverse to end all life basically and that is the setup for this film and she's a very normal normal lady who's then (laughs) transformed into this and this film is just i don't want to say too much because part of it is just not knowing what's going to happen next but it's a multiverse film probably apart from spider-verse probably the best version of a multiverse film i've seen it's kind of got elements of the matrix like it the best compliment i can give it is it felt like that feeling when you first saw the matrix again Mm. like it's got incredible imaginative action scenes it's got kind of and the way it kind of reminds me the matrix is like the way they gain these fighting abilities is in bizarre ways so for example like in order to get abilities from other multiverses that you're like, so say like a version of you in another multiverse was a sushi chef or something and was really good with knives. You could download their abilities by doing something just mad and unexpected in our world. So for example, I think it's the very first one they show is this person has to give themselves a paper cut, a deliberate paper cut in between each of their fingers is one of the most excruciating things I've had to watch. But basically what that does is if you do that, it downloads that almost that multiverse data into your head and you suddenly know how to do incredible Kung Fu or something. So it's just, it's, and those things it sounds
2: really bonkers oh it's so bonkers
0: and things get weirder and weirder the things they have to do get weirder the multiverses they show get weirder and weirder if you've watched the trailer for this film you've kind of seen a couple of them but like it's just but the weird thing is no matter how bonkers and just funny it gets it still manages to just have this almost like this emotional beats towards the end where you're just like almost in tears for the other reason (laughs) like it's it does everything i just i can't
2: i guess you can't speak too much about it this is definitely something you just need to watch it's just
0: like just trust me on this as soon as you can watch this film everything everywhere all at once watch it because it's so good, and it's like, it's by, um, it's distributed by A24, who kind of like, I feel like just have this reputation that's almost like, you know, in the game space when you see an Annapurna interactive game, you're like, I'm going to check that indie game out because it's going to be yeah. at the very least interesting. Like, A24, has have got that now. and
2: Did you say there's no indication of when it's i released I've looked released so here. many
0: times, like, there's no even, like, rumour. Like, there's release dates for other countries, and UK, it just, like, says nothing. So, like, this is the Why Green Knight all us? over again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was a twenty four, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. yeah, I like, and I can't wait to watch this film again when it does come out here because it's it's just so, it's just so good.
2: <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. I do remember watching that trailer, thinking I have no idea what's going on, but I do want to. Mm. I do want to watch it.
0: I'd like and try and stay away from it if 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 you haven't seen it yet because it is that annoying thing of because it's out in the US and it's been out in the US for a week or two mm. now. Like scene breakdowns, like spoiler pieces start to come out. So I really would avoid it not that a film it's not a film that necessarily if the ending was spoiled it would ruin the film because there's so much to enjoy in it but yeah yeah just like as soon as you can see this film see it because it's so good like so good
2: that's why i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah oh yeah it'll take a lot to beat that as film of the year for me and i absolutely love the batman but this is this is edged it. i think just because it's so good Right, do you know what else? It's just so good. So good that we have to do it every week. Oh god, it's the endless search.
2: Inside is a UK AG and crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the ones and two, We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. What at the DJ we're coming through? Yeah, yeah, and the ones and two, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I've got question for you.
0: It's the endless search. Oh, we've talked about a lot of stuff this week, so we're going to keep this week's Endless Search very simple, very quick. And we're just going to play the Who Am I video game character game. It's essentially 20 questions. I'm going to pretend to be a video game character for you. I'm not going to do the voice or anything because that will give it away. Um, and I just can't do any voice apart from this really <laughs> ill one at the moment. But basically, you're going to, you're kind of working together on this one, really. It's not really a competition between you you can take turns to ask yes or no questions and i'll say yes or no so you have 20 questions to work out which video game question which video game question which video game character am i so there you go go for it who am i
1: right let's start then let's just divide you down are you a man or a woman
0: wait ask yes or no questions
1: matt oh are you a man (laughs) yes That basically only gets away, like, 2% of video games, doesn't it, unfortunately?
2: Are you (laughs) bold?
0: Am I bold? Why did you have to ask that question? Sometimes. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, some people appear in mobile games, or you can customise, or you can, you know, it's, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Are you Sam Fisher? I am not. You went straight. You went Sam Fisher. That's oh. three questions. Mm. You've got that. I'm a, a do man you, Do you so-
2: primarily well, use melee weapons?
1: I would say no. No. Oh. So is a sometimes bald person that. A so, sometimes bald use- man who's not Sam Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> do you primarily use. Guns. Yes.
2: Do you wear a suit?
1: Sometimes. I mean Ooh. don't go, he's, he's not agent forty seven, is he Jesse? When is agent forty seven <laughs> ever not be bald? I
2: don't know, maybe because of his disguises is, he might have to. To be some fair, yeah, hair. he
1: does wear like clown wigs. That's true. Uh is your game played from the third person perspective? It is indeed played from the right. third person. So that's
0: seven questions. You've got a man who's sometimes bald, who's not Sam Fisher, who primarily uses guns and sometimes wears a suit from the third-person perspective.
2: (laughs) Uh, Do you have great climbing abilities?
0: (laughs) I would say that's not something I'm renowned for, no. I'm not. Okay. You can ask stuff about my game as well. I'm not
1: Uh going to be, you know, stingy. Is your game a platform exclusive No,
0: no it is not. That's nine mm. questions. No exclusive. Oh. Shit. Ooh. Coming up to the tenth, coming up to the halfway.
2: Uh, do you wear a bandana?
0: <laughs> no what no, no what? Unless I'm really forgetting something, I can't remember them wearing a bandana. Or having the option to.
1: Have you featured in a video game that has been released within the past four years? No.
0: Right. That's 11 questions. You've got a. I didn't mute that guff. A sometimes bald man <laughs> that's not Sam Fisher uses guns over melee weapons. Sometimes is in a suit from the third person perspective, not really known for their climbing ab- ability, not an exclusive and not released in the last four years. I can't remember what the 10th one was. Oh, no bandana. It doesn't, isn't known for wearing a bandana. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that one, but um.
2: I had something in mind, Matt, do you have, do you have one that you really want to go for?
1: No, go, go, go on, Jesse, you can. There's lots
0: of there's lots of ways to narrow this down.
2: Do you primarily reside in an open world game? No. <sighs> That's 12 questions.
0: I'll allow you 20 questions and then a guess between you at the end. By the way, the 20th question doesn't have to be a guess. I'll I'll, I'll be lenient. <sighs>
2: Who sometimes wears... Oh, maybe maybe way. think
0: of the games. Go for the games route rather than the person. That might help you.
2: Are you Max Payne?
0: I am. Where did that come from? There we go. Because
2: <laughs> yeah. he, he sometimes wears like yeah, a police I thought you'd suit narrow it and shit, down, right? I thought
0: you'd be yeah. like, is this a... I don't know.
2: He's also, Are you he, an American? Max Payne 3 or had no hair, <laughs> yeah, but in the others he did. <laughs>
0: oh, there we go. You got it on the 13th question. Lucky for some. God. There we go. Max Payne. I am Max Payne. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Max Payne does not wear a bandana. So I'm, I've
0: am i been really wanting to play the original two Max Paynes, and mm-hmm. now they've announced. I know those remasters probably still like two, at least two, maybe three years away. Remakes? Not oh, just remasters, remakes. So,
2: God, they're going to be good. Cool.
0: Um, I'm still going to. I'm kind of hoping the PlayStation uh, Plus has the original two on there. You
2: can get them on backwards compatible You can, but
0: they're
1: still the like Xbox. 12 quid each. They're never on sale. I've Are you saying looked. they're not worth twelve pounds <sighs> for some of the best shooters ever made?
2: They might be on sale right now. Considering I the release,
0: I'll have another been look. Announced. I'll have another look later. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like twelve. If it was twelve quid for both of them, I'd consider it. But mm, mm. I'm not twelve quid each for a game that old, Matt. I don't know. I don't know. I even looked at the disc copies, and they're about the same. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I've got a hunger for Max Payne on Monkey Island, which is never a bad. <laughs> thing. Jesse, you've got the first piece of feedback today. Uh sent in of course to uh IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot
3: com.
2: My favorite email. This is from Max Haig. I think that's mm-hmm. how you would pronounce your second name. Yes. He says Hi IGN crew, long time listener here. Really enjoyed your chat last week about your jobs and I'd love to hear more. I work in factual TV and have had many how the hell did I get here moments? From working in ambulance call centers, hearing some very distressing calls, to meeting with incredibly talented individuals, and working with some lovely B-list celebrities, Ooh. one job springs to mind. A few years ago, I worked on a show about sex fashions. There we go. Um, one day, I got a call from an exec asking me to go to a certain porn website and screen record an advert that appears before or during these videos. <laughs> I had to keep refreshing the page until the right <laughs> advert came up, and quickly press record in hope that I captured it. Should I use Shadowplay? Never thought I'd be sending my boss porn, but there you go. I sounds was also like, on a shoot and had to set up...
0: shadow playing uh, porn adverts before, Jesse? It sounds like you've got I'm experience. I'm just saying, you can
2: use ShadowPlay or OBS. They've got good, you know, sort of capture abilities when you need mm, it. Okay. The most. Okay. Just as a heads up. But he goes on to say, I was also on a shoot and had to set up Zoom calls with a Swedish man who dresses and acts like a dog. <laughs> a very kinky one. I had to stay on the call with him as we were in general conversation. He would every now and then sexually growl at me. Apart from the growling, we had a lovely chat about life in Sweden I would very much like to visit. (laughs) Apart from the (laughs) growling, that should
0: never be a a disclaimer to a conversation. (laughs) Apart from when he growled at me in a sexual manner. He was lovely.
2: Oh, God. I'm an editor now and I love my job, but I I forget how many people um my work reaches reaches it's easy not to realize when you're in a room by yourself editing away or chatting to the team um how the things we do positively impact people and give some light relief or distraction from our daily lives and current world affairs i think you'll do an amazing job with a podcast it's always the highlight of my week i hope the things i make has the same impact your show has on myself and so many others keep up the great work thanks does that include Max. the
0: kinky swedish dog man? i don't know yeah i don't know maybe we should get him <laughs> is, on the podcast
2: that is a good point though not to get too sentimental but do you lot ever think about how many people listen to a podcast like this and so i don't know no yeah no i Uh. I just i just i just think it's it's weird because i feel like i had that experience with podcast 500 where you know i was meeting people who listen to the podcast in person for the first time and just hearing how people really enjoy listening to the podcast and you know the effect that sound like this can have you never it's always nice to
0: bring some joy to people isn't it it's always nice Mm. i hope that's what we do because uh God knows that we sometimes not bring any useful information. <laughs> <laughs>
2: sexual growls exactly. next time on the pod. Well,
0: um, Matt, have you got any good sexual growls that you'd like to share? Not, <laughs> not at all.
2: Not at all. <laughs> sexual cough. There we go. Let's oh, hear
0: them. That's a shame. Um, I've got an email here from Chris Milne, who says, Hello Igen crew, long time, third time, etc. In response to last week's feedback, I'm writing in to let you know about a game mechanic that I missed. And this is a big one. I I listened to this last week. It is mad when you yeah, when you think about it. I'm I'm sure I do have some of these where you've just missed something in a game and played the whole game and just not realised you could do it. But I was trying to think of one and I just couldn't do it. But um anyway. Let me do another cough quickly. <laughs> This really is fantastic podcasting. This is the this is the first moment when I've gone. God, too many people do listen to this, Jesse. When I've been coughing all over. It, right? <laughs> Let me set the scene. This is Chris setting the scene. The year is nineteen ninety eight. My dad has just brought out bought our first family computer. You know the one CRT monitor the size of a car, big old nondescript off white tower that takes up all the room under the desk. I'm only eleven but I'm already a gaming veteran starting with an Amiga 1200 and graduating to a Sony Mega Drive and eventually a PlayStation. So I was excited to dip my toe into PC gaming. A fan of first person shooters, Doom and Duke Nukem 3D were currently blowing my mind on the PS1, so I decided to get a new game called Half-Life as it was getting pretty positive reviews. I got the game Played it and loved it. Not an uncommon occurrence, I'm sure, due to it being one of the best games of all time. However, the unique thing about my playthrough was that I never knew about a certain feature. Using the mouse. <laughs> yes, I played and completed the entire game using only the keyboard. How was I to know the PlayStation at the time that didn't even have analogue sticks and the modern wa- and the modern made me play console FPSs would not come into existence until time splitters on the PS2. For me, anyway. So, yes, there I was battling through Black Mesa, circle strafing like I was playing Doom, and get this, I wasn't even moving with WASD or WASD. I was using the arrow keys. That's what they're for, right? <laughs> but this meant that my left hand was all the way over on the right hand side of the keyboard. So I had to map all the shooting and <laughs> jumping onto the number pad so my hands were all crushed onto twenty percent of the keyboard. And I was That's fucking mad <laughs> I was furiously bashing away at keys like a courtroom stenographer. <laughs> now that I think about it, that is really less of a game mechanic and more of an essential piece of the control system. I guess it's the modern, modern equivalent of those overzealous guys who complete Dark Souls with a rock band drum set. Respect the sea. <laughs> that is how how do
2: you manage to do that like is there even an option to turn using keys yeah
1: yeah so so um this is not me in the same boat as chris but when i started playing pc games i was not very good at using the mouse and the keyboard at the same time so i remember playing medal of honor allied assault purely with WASD would be to move but then i'd use the arrow keys to Mm. aim i feel like i did something similar And and it was I could like this is a real core memory of my childhood. Max Payne is the game that taught me how to use a mouse because you couldn't map any other keys for moving around, um for aiming, to anything other than the mouse. So if I wanted to play Max Payne, I had to learn how to use the use the mouse. And obviously Max Payne is one of the best games ever made. I wasn't missing Mm. out on that. So that trained me how to use the mouse.
2: I feel like in your instance, though, you knew that you could use the mouse. Oh, yeah. But you're yeah. like, I'm a bit more comfortable. This is like, how did you never accidentally brush the mouse and see the know. screen? Yeah. <laughs> it's just mad.
0: <laughs> who knows? But good story, Chris. We
1: appreciate
0: that. Matt,
1: what have you got? This one is from Travis Bodich, who says, Dear IGN UK crew, very long-time listener since Ooh. episode one. Ooh, seldom Jesus. writer. Your feedback last week had listeners had a listener's brother not knowing that Leon could run in at Resident Evil Four, and it reminded me of my own story a couple of years ago I re- recently divorced. I met a lovely woman who actually liked video gaming but knew nothing about video games as she never read any guides or games media. She had skills though doggedly getting through oh doggedly getting through dark souls, dishonored God of War, and the last of us. Typically, she'd breeze past tutorials and exposition in a way that gave me vertigo <laughs> when watching her play. But she'd succeed regardless without cheating, i.e. she actually understood the game. Um, she, had nothing to play, she had nothing to play, so she asked for recommendations. I'd enjoyed the latest Sam Fisher outing in Blacklist. Very typical stuff, but she likes stealth and killing. She beat the game, unwitnessed by me, and was attempting a second run on the hardest difficulty. This time she was struggling and asked if if I could try beating a particular level. I picked up the controller, and when I entered the obligatory dark warehouse baddie hideout, I turned on Sam Fisher's iconic night vision goggles. (laughs) How did you do that? she asked. Where did you get the night vision goggles? It was at this point that I realised that I had underestimated her gaming skills. She'd played an entire Splinter Cell game with a practically black screen, relying on sound, repetition, and contextual button prompts, all in a virtual pitch black. That's that's incredible. She'd beaten the whole game, and it was only a blind hard mode that proved too much. I know I've committed similar faux pas, not knowing about upgrades or how to throw a grenade, but rarely the key mechanic of the game. Love listening every week and always waiting for the next episode. Respect the sea and the sea will respect you. That, that is, is genuinely sh- like an astonishing thing to do.
2: She must be some sort of demigod or something because that's just mad.
1: That's like yeah, like because that's a dark game. Like <laughs> particularly <laughs> by the time you get to Blacklist, because kind of like I think the first Splinter Cell like has enough light in the areas because it's mm-hmm. not. At that point, it's not, like, the iconic goggles, right? By the time you get to Blacklist, it is literally dropping you mm. into completely pitch-black rooms because it knows that you're going to use the goggles. Like, that is one hell of a... like. To be able to say that you did an entire Splinter Soul game without ever using night vision is something yeah. to brag about on our slash game. It's,
0: it's confusing yeah. me, so I don't know if it's either incredibly impressive or incredibly silly. I don't like, it's both, really. I, mean, I just yeah.
2: it'll be like playing Dishonored without ever jumping. It's like it. I can't like, picture yeah. a scenario where that occurs.
0: It's bizarre to me, but do you know what? Fair play. I, I do kind of respect it. Um... If you've got any more emails, send them to of course IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. We love more of those stories, more of uh their mechanics in games and do you know what? Um actually no, I was gonna ask about more uh kinky dog growling and that's not us. We don't want any more of that actually, thank you.
2: Um Tell us why you love smarties.
0: But we'll get no emails, Jesse. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> <laughs> We will get no emails. Um, if someone has a Ugh. great argument as to why Smarties are the best UK chocolate, please do write <laughs> in. I can't promise you will not be uh, read out and laughed at, frankly. Um, <laughs> what should we have for music? Um, I mean, should we have the Monkey Island theme just as a celebration of yes. its return to culture? Absolutely. There we go.
3: To culture.
0: We've managed to get through this, guys. Um, Pro- this probably sound sa- this must be the most awful sounding experience I apologize three ill
1: gentlemen <laughs> try and stumble their way through fucking yeah. what have we done an hour and a half of podcasting yeah. the options were limited and you know everyone's
0: ill you know it's Sorry. what it is but you know enjoy the monkey island theme goodbye bye, bye.